Hello. What's so funny, Jameson? I'm just laughing. The titles are OU in Texas stuck, all caps, in the Big 12 until 2025. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, it is it, it is pretty clickbaity, but you know what? Hopefully you're here and, and stick around because this is going to be a kind of fun, kind of short show. Welcome back to the Scooter Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, as always, we've got Jameson. We've got Ty. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about. That thumb, that uh, wonky thumbnail, that weird title. ROU in Texas stuck in the Big 12 till 2025. Um, about last week. Probably. I... Thanks for joining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One minute hit. Uh, about a week ago or so, uh, news came out that negotiations had broken down. Um, kind of, but between the Big 12, OU, Texas, and the networks uh, in which uh, OU and Texas are, and the Big 12, are currently involved with. That would be Fox, that would be uh, Disney slash ESPN. And yeah, any it, it seems at the moment that any chance of leaving early is kind of dead in the water. But is it? And that's what we're here to talk about. So, uh, Jameson, you kick us off here. What What are your thoughts on what's going on? Uh, what, 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 what? I don't know what even is going on. Is it really dead in the water? I think that they're just still at an impasse. They're still trying to figure it out. This news wouldn't have came out and wouldn't have been available to us if it wasn't there wasn't a possibility that there's still kind of some financial, you know, talks that need to happen for a move earlier than 2025. You remember whenever OU and Texas were moving to the Big 12, how long it took for that move to come out? It came out, you snapped your finger and then it was almost official the next week. So OU and Texas is going to do their thing, but this news is out for a reason. It is leaked from the OU and Texas side. They're just trying to get Mickey Mouse to pay a little bit more bucks. And I think that's another part of it is how much of this is ESPN? How much of it's Fox? We'll get into that a bit later. Um, that definitely does feel leaky though. Ty, your thoughts on the situation though. Yeah, I think you have to look at the other side too, not coming from the schools, but coming from the, the networks themselves, not specifically the networks involved, but how much of this is almost the same thing that we're doing right now, not to point the fingers at us. And we didn't do this deliberately. We, we did want to talk about this. This is the leading story in OU football right now, but how much of this is also nothing else to talk about. So let's start to really dig into the weeds and, and rehash something that has been out there. You know, I feel like this discussion could have been had, every month since the announcement was made, you know, it's like, Oh, it looks like they may actually stay. And, and I mean, ultimately I think there were plans, there were courses of action for us to stay all the way to 2025. I mean, that's what we originally announced. So I think anything, the way I'm looking at it, I'm not too disappointed. Anything, any faster that we get out would just be sort of a little bonus. Uh, the way I look at it. Right. And, and publicly, the stance hasn't changed. Uh, OU in Texas cannot really say anything. The Big 12 cannot really say anything officially for legal reasons. So it maybe when I said dead in the water, you know, I that's not the case. I, Another clickbait. Bobby at it. He's trying to get hooked. <laughs> Ooh, sign up for DraftKings right there, baby. Super Bowl's coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, no, that, and that, Jameson that, loved betting in Louisiana. You should too. 
Yeah, just just starting. Yeah, starting the ad off uh, four minutes in to the episode, but not really, not really. Stay around, folks. Stay around. Uh, but that's my thing. Is I I think for me it's posturing, um, because one thing seems clear: OU and Texas and the Big Twelve seem to be agreed. The remaining, you know, the the hateful eight or whatever, and then the new four, they want to move on with their life. OU and Texas obviously obviously want to move on with their life. Um, but the issue is, I, it, it's as with, you know, I, I think we've noted, um, it's always with the networks. College football and sports in general, it's, it's an advertising platform. That's, that's really what it is. That's why, you, that's why the Burger King song hasn't left your, your, your ears, your brain in the past, like, four months. And because they keep making more. It's just they're panning it out. I saw one where those people were singing it in the carpool. Oh, my God. I thought it was like uh, that one like little girl that was rapping. And what was that one girl? And she got she was young and she did a little rap in the backseat of a car. They played that commercial over and over. I almost thought it was that all over again. Which one's worse? The one in the car. Which new one is worse? The one in the car or the one that just goes burger cheese, burger cheese, burger cheese. <laughs> I, I enjoy the burger cheese stacker. Ugh. I, I, All right, I sorry. Think the first, we're, we're totally I think, off. I think off you're the, the first person right to ever actually say that about the the, the Burger cheese, Burger King stacker, the Whopper stacker. Anyway, we're, we're, we're off the rails. Talking about Burger so, King, I got too excited. So, anyways, here's my thing: OU and Texas losing that market, those two pieces, uh, changes everything. And not only that, so for the networks, they need they they need they want that. They don't, especially for the network for Fox uh, because the big 12 has, has their, the agreement that's going till 2025 is with Fox and ESPN. ESPN is getting OU in Texas they're in the sec. They, they're fine with this. I don't think the mouse is uh, the culprit this time as, as much as Blake would love it to be. This is about Fox. Who's about to lose OU in Texas. They don't want to lose those games. Um, and because of that, they demand comp. They, they want compensation, they want things to be figured out um, because, you know, that's a big draw to lose, you know, uh, replacing OU in Texas with UCF, Houston, Cincy, and a bunch of other garbage just isn't, it doesn't have the same impact. So it seems to me, my theory, and, you know, what others have theorized, uh, the great, great Red Dirt Sport, uh, always on top of this as well. Check him out on Twitter. You, if you honestly, if you're listening to us, you follow him anyways. What am I talking about? But he is he he is on top of this uh, alignment realignment stuff. This is a Fox issue, I think. Tyler, I agree, Bobby. I've heard I've heard the same. Uh, I don't know the proper term. I've heard the same discussions, I suppose, from our friends, like you mentioned, our friend of the pod. Uh, Boat and Blake, and then uh, you know people that we speak to, and then looking at as sort of the discourse on social media. And there are a lot of people that have their opinions on certain networks, but I think Bobby, like you just laid out, if you really look at it and and sort of <laughs> remove your personal feelings about whatever networks, it doesn't necessarily make sense for a certain network to be be throwing a fit about this because. In their eyes, it's just you know shuffling shuffling shells around on the table. They're still scamming the tourist either way. They're still getting their money uh, with their shell shuffling game. Whereas uh, Fox specifically is the one that stands to lose with an early exit, and would therefore, I, I mean, I think Fox 
is, I mean, ultimately they're out to make money, but I almost think that this might be a situation where even if they throw out a, a money offer, it is not a legitimate, genuine offer. I think they have a lot more to gain by keeping uh, these two, like you said, massive markets, OU punching well above their weight in terms of, of market draw uh, and, and market performance for the team that we have. And then obviously, not not that team, but OU would traditionally be a, a small market sort of thing, but we are perpetually in the top 10 in, in college football because of the product that we've put out for, for decades and decades. Texas obviously being uh, depending on how you measure it, either the biggest or one of the biggest markets in in college football in a major draw. I think they just have a whole lot to gain by keeping those those games. And I would almost expect that you would see Fox continuing to throw fits about this, not letting us move, throwing out unrealistic numbers to the schools and to the conferences to sort of get this ball rolling earlier at the same time. Because like we just talked about, Fox has a whole lot to, they're losing a whole lot, but they have a whole lot to gain by not losing more than they're currently losing, if that makes sense. I would expect to see Big Noon Saturday and a lot of those other sort of Fox marquee games, Fox gunning for some of these games, things like potentially night game OU and Provo Utah. That will be a fairly decent draw. Um, You know, maybe even Red River gets Big Noon. I I have my opinions on that, but I, I think I think you're right, Bobby, with your conspiracy about who is really causing it. Because I, I don't think OU, obviously, really bad down year, but we're not going to say, oh, we want another year or two in the Big 12 to get our wits about us before we go play in the SEC. You know, OU is ready to move. Texas is ready to move. Uh, the Big 12 has come to terms with it. And uh, I think the Big 12 is sort of in the same boat as Fox. They have a lot to gain by having this super Big 12 or whatever we're calling it, uh, at least for one more season, which is now set in stone this upcoming season. But if they had uh, another season of that, uh, the Big 12 also does have some stuff to gain, but it seems that they are not the thing that's holding us up. You know, when you brought up Big Noon and Provo in like kind of the same sentence, it made me smile thinking about Big Noon kickoff in Provo. Uh, just making those people what they're Mormons. They won't have an issue getting to a game at 10 AM. They, that, that won't be a, a, a concern for them, but it's still funny. It's still funny for sure. Yeah. Right. Honestly, here, here's the thing. I think we kind of came down to it and people understand, you know, a lot of this is on Fox, but it's not, I view this as, it's not like it's, Oh, it's Fox fault. Fox is holding us back. No, Fox is doing what they're supposed to do. They've got a contract with us and they're going to try to milk as much money as they can from it. And ESPN and Mickey Mouse need to come and buy that out and give them some kind of compensation to allow Oklahoma and Texas to get out of that contract. Now we're pretty early in it. We still got some more time. So negotiations are going to still be ongoing. They're going to still try to bleed more. Fox going to bleed more out of ESPN because there's a rivalry there. And I guarantee you their networks aren't as too fond of each other. And this is a really, really big deal for them. So OU or Texas, I'm pretty sure, just reading the tea leaves, probably leaked this. Say OU and Texas seem like they're not going to be moving anytime soon. And ESPN probably looks at them like, damn, I really want these two teams to come over a year early. I really do. But I don't want to pay the money that Fox is asking for. And this report, now that it's being out, is making ESPN look a little cheap. And it might push them. It might nudge them a little bit 
to have Mickey Mouse pay a little bit more money and try to get Fox um, on the same boat where they can do a buyout and move over early. I'm not saying it's dead in the water at all. I think this is just a clear move from either OU or Texas. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I I really do think it anything can still happen. There's a lot of time left. And, you know, I, I think also we have to talk the the Big 12 stands to lose uh, a, a solid amount of money here, the remaining teams, because this deal that they have all the way through, it doesn't increase now that there are more teams. It just means their slice of the pie, which they were splitting 10 ways, is not, it's getting, it's diluted. Now you have 14 teams splitting a 10 team pie. You know, it's, if, if this buyout happens, OU and Texas would provide compensation to the teams they left to kind of balance things out a little bit, which I feel like would, you know, kind of make them make them more whole. Fox is keeping them from that. So mm-hmm. uh, if anyone's like, oh, the Big 12 is just trying to bleed them, that, that's not the case anymore. That's not yeah, really yeah. it. You know, that's that's not really the matter of it. And I also don't think the matter is. Uh, that OU is broke. I don't think OU specifically is broke in this matter. Um, they definitely took their time, you know, I, I but at the same time, you know, um, there are larger forces at hand here. Yeah. And it's definitely one of those situations where just because you have the money, doesn't mean that it is the best course of action to, to spend it, especially when we're talking about something like this. I, I think we've touched on sort of, the what the conference has to to gain or lose with this uh, what the big 12 specifically has to gain or lose from this uh and we touched on what some of the networks have to gain or potentially lose from this uh, i want to pose the question to to you bobby and, and jameson what what does ou have to lose specifically because i we could go on all day about how, oh, this is actually good for us if this, 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 and this. What does OU have to lose specifically if we don't go until 2025? Porter Moser? Obviously. Okay. Porter yeah, Moser's gone no kidding. matter what. He's, he's, just, he's, Porter's that, so long gone. This dude that, is checked it, out. That man is, to, that man is trying to buy a house in South Bend right now. He's done. Go ahead. Um, I don't blame him, but but honestly, it's it's money and obviously being on the SEC side in terms of their TV deals. But the other side of it, if you look like just the football, I'm not caring about the business of this because obviously the business is what's going to make all of this decision. That's 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 the brunt of it. But as podcasters, we can talk about the football. If I'm Brent Venables, obviously he was hired on with the uh, mindset that I'm a fearless leader and I'm not scared of anything, and I am the complete opposite of Lincoln Riley, who was scared of the SEC. I am ready to tackle this head on. I think straight up he would be ecstatic if we moved into the SEC into 2024. But at the same time, I'm sure his brain, you know, his heart's probably saying 2024, let's do it. He's a very passionate person. But I'm sure there's a spot in the back of his brain saying in 2025, might be a good idea to give themselves an extra year after what happened last year. Get their feet, you know, start getting momentum towards that full sprint so you can sprint into the SEC rather than start limping across like what we did with the 6-6 six and six season. So to be honest, as a Sooner fan and the coaching staff, I think overall I don't really care too much what happens. It would be really cool if we moved into 2024 because there's so many new teams. I think being in the SEC would bolster our comp, um, you know, our recruiting and like you know our competition. But at the same time, if it's eventually going to come the next year, 
I can wait and I can be just fine. And the recruits are going to be still playing in the SEC. The guys that we're recruiting right now will still be playing their SEC ball before they get drafted. I just don't think it's going to change too much in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I, another lame duck year really wouldn't be the worst thing in terms of roster building, in terms of all that. I I think as a fan, we're ready to get out. Um, obviously, the officiating decisions aren't everything. You know, you can, oh, you should, here it goes. You should, yes. you should be able to rise above that. At the same time, we've seen some uh, chicanery uh, in regards to OU in Texas. I, I'm just kind of tired of it. I'm, I'm ready to move on. I think it's just been it's been annoying uh, across the board. Um, I'm not saying it's rigged against us. I'm just saying they're, they're the are... reason we were six and six, Bobby. Just say it. We had <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going to go full Gooner on that one. But uh, no, it was what we we had what one holding call against us all season. You know, uh, two, oh, yeah, I think it was, was two. That was really bad. It was two, and Texas had three. I think. That's bad. That just looks bad to me. And I, I don't, I don't know. I I'm just ready to get out of there, move on and build through the sec. And yeah, it's going to be tougher. It's going to be way tougher, but I think getting, getting to the grind is going to be something that is necessary. And I think having tangible, you know, having that tangible, you know, schedule, seeing what's up, I, I think that'll bring a little bit of energy where, you know, getting, getting this year's schedule where you have UCF, Iowa State and you know DC West Virginia. That's it's a pretty bad conference schedule. So I'm kind of ready to move on. Yeah, football wise. Yeah, go ahead. Ty. I think I was gonna say uh, to flip it back towards the the positives, which is sort of what this uh, turned into. I, I knew it would though. Uh, to flip it back towards the positives, I think this is a very rare moment in college football. Very few teams ever. Oh, sorry, got up. Something tickled my nose. Uh, very <laughs> few teams ever have a really concrete, and obviously it's not concrete because we're sitting here talking about, oh, what year are we going to make the move? But very few teams ever have sort of a concrete, we need to be fielding a good team by this specific date and be able to forecast that out years ahead. We, we're in a situation where I don't think this is what we were doing last year, but we're in a situation where we can build a team up for a specific date, which obviously is what all of college football is, is, is cyclical. But very rarely do you have a people can set out like a, oh, we're, we're going to try to build a national championship team for X year. But then every other team in the nation gets a vote in that and you can never really count on it. So everyone's just trying to build the best team that they can every single year we have a very interesting situation of knowing that there will be just a massive shift for us that we can sort of game plan towards and then re-enter back into that sort of cyclical uh operation of of college football it's almost like we are leaving if if ou is is like an employee it's almost like we are leaving a job we've put in our notice we're still working there but we know that we're going on to a a bigger and better job. I think you can say that it's at least a higher paying job might be a little harder on us uh, to continue with that analogy, but we know we're going on to a high payer job. The contract has already been signed. We've put in our notice. And at this point, we're just wondering what our last day of work is going to be. And that's a very, very uh, unique situation within college football. Very few teams uh, have that 
ever. That's that's generally we're seeing a lot of conference realignment right now, but that's just generally not the norm. It might be becoming the norm soon, but uh, it, it certainly is very very interesting. I'm not sure if I described that situation properly. I no, think my job apology you was did. okay. I, I but you made me think of one thing, and I kind of want to get y'all's mindset uh, on this. Is you know looking at you know preparing us best for the future rather that be one year left in the big 12 or two years left in the big 12 and what date you know our team needs to be very successful going for a national championship you've got to think about what is the best recruiting class we've had and since they started ranking it and that was this year's and those guys will be juniors in the first year of the sec if if we go in 2025 so they will be draft eligible after that season. That should be that junior season is typically that sweet spot where all of your guys that are in your really good recruiting class come through, really start to succeed, and then they get drafted early. So do you think an Oklahoma football team would be more would it be more advantageous for the football team to have a year in the SEC under their belt before Jackson Arnold and PJ Adebowale are in their prime wrecking offenses and defenses or you know, would it be negative at all to where if they're playing, you know, easier competition for two years and then go off right in their junior year to harder competition in the SEC? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think getting a year under your belt before you peak is important. I think that'll be I think I think the best way to prepare yourself for high level competition is to get into high level competition. Uh, you have to go through the trials and the tribulations and deal with that before you're ready to actually truly compete. Um, you have to you have to get in the game if you want to you know actually get to the end. Agreed. Um, that's why that's why these SEC teams are are incredibly good when it comes to the playoff because they've been through it. They've been through the ringer, the gauntlet, and when they're at, at the end, they're tougher for it. Um, so I, I agree. I think that would be something that'd be incredibly helpful. And traveling to all new destinations that you haven't done before is just a difficult thing just as a human being. So these kids are probably going to trip up if they've never been to this place before. They haven't been there and done that, you know, but some of these veterans if in their junior year, they've been, you know, in terms of the Big 12, they've been to Waco. They've been to Morgantown, you know. Um, they they usually had that experience and they kind of know what to expect from that city. But first year as a junior, even though you've been playing really well, hypothetically, um, going straight into the swamp or going into Death Valley, you know, you've never been there before. You don't understand that. You don't have that, you know, in your closet and it's going to be tough. So honestly, in terms of your question, Ty, about should we have like a win by this date or should we have 2024, or 2025? If you're looking at the best recruiting class of all time and you don't think that we're going to get a better recruiting class than we just did, it's probably better if we go to the SEC in 2024. And I do, I do got to ask Ty as well. Like, what is your standard? What is our, and this is a great segue in a way. Mm-hmm. What's the standard for winning like at OU in the SEC? Like, cause with the big 12, I feel like it was win the conference every year. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's prob that's not feasible at the SEC. Um, but what is it, you know, especially with the college football playoff expanding to six, uh, sorry, not 16, 12, damn, uh, <laughs> uh, expanding to 12 teams. You know, what, what would you, what would you consider a successful year in the SEC regularly? So I think that's actually best answered with a, a, a two-part answer that I will lead with 
I I don't think that what we've seen from OU traditionally within the Big 12 is necessarily feasible within the SEC. And I'm not just saying in terms of constantly making a, a championship game appearance or run, but I, I don't think it's feasible to expect consistent performance out of your team year after year after year after year in the SEC. Even if we keep with as consistent as we typically are, there are so many teams that we will be playing. I think LSU is a good example of this, who are very roller coastery. I, I don't know what they're doing over there. I don't know if it's by coincidence or if it's by design, but LSU seems to me like they are just an absolute roller coaster of a program where they will throw infinite resources and infinite hype into a just ridiculous Zeus level team. And then they will win the national championship with that team. And then they will immediately lose all interest, implode, their coach will leave or be fired. They will go down to being nothing. And then they will tolerate that for a few years and then they'll go back up. And there's so many teams within the SEC, excluding like Bama or whatever, that are very like roller coastery, you know, and it's almost like they're on opposite uh, trajectories. So I think some years, what you're going to get from different teams is, is very different where I think the big 12 in the past was a very consistent conference. Uh, people had up years, people had down years, but more or less the, the teams were, were pretty even. So I think, we're going to see some some different stuff. I think as to in-conference success, I don't know that you can answer that without knowing 100% how it's going to be organized. I know they've said like, oh, we're planning on uh, this or that, but until the rubber hits the road and we really see how it's going to be organized, because we're at the point right now, you have to remember that some of these other conference realignment moves are not taking as long as this OU Texas one is. I think this is unlikely but it's not impossible that next week or before the start of next season we wake up one day with a notification that the sec we're joining is not going to be the one we signed a contract with probably adding teams in that scenario i think it is unlikely but we don't know what that conference is going to look like when we get over there we know it's going to realign so uh how they choose to set up the conference you know winning our pod if it's a pod thing winning our division if it's a division thing or maybe it's just pulling pulling different uh, number rabbits out of a hat or whatever the Big 12 did this year. I guess they had to go find and catch the rabbits first. It took them forever. Uh, and then I think I would expect to nationally, I think maybe a good target would be out of every recruiting class, say they play for four years, I think at least one, if not two, playoff appearances per class I think would be a, a feasible goal with a 12-team playoff. Jameson? Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to tell right now. It's, that's the answer. Um, all that matters, really, is if you can go in there and throw some punches and win a couple of big games, that's really what it's going to be. With these 12-team playoffs in the future SEC, you just can't go and win all the games that you're supposed to and lose all the games you're not. <clears throat> you're going to have to have a couple of big wins, you know, whether that, you know, in our within our pod. Um, obviously, people will speculate, you know, beating Texas, is that going to be the big win that you need? I think that kind of going outside of your pod, beating a team, if it's on your schedule, like an Alabama or a Georgia, or, you know, if LSU is on one of their up years, um, 
that that's really what gets you into the playoff and makes things successful. It's going to be a completely different scope of what we um, deem successful. It's going to be completely different. I think that we just need to make sure you do, you, you punch above your weight a couple times um, and not just do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think one, I know I went long on that answer, but I think one point to mention is the SEC is a different grading standard when it comes to everyone's opinions, especially nationally. Already, it's already like that without OU and Texas, two massive brands, two very successful traditionally brands coming in and who knows what else. So within the, the Big 12, you know, to get that national respect and recognition, you have to be perfect or as you know, very close to perfect to get even a shred of respect. Same in the, the pack and at uh, the ACC, whereas in the SEC to a much lesser extent in the Big, Big Ten, but in the SEC, you don't have to be. Everyone understands they get that respect. And if you're going out and getting beat up by some random team, or even when you have a weird uh, upset or something, people give you the benefit of the doubt just by going and, and playing in that arena. So I think that's might be a hard pill to swallow for some OU fans because we've been very spoiled with what we've, what we've had. We've, we've had situations where every game has been our game to lose. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case anymore, but uh, nationally, I think you will see OU judged very, very differently, especially in the postseason. And I think you'll see a lot more respect on if we put together a 10 and two season, you're going to see a lot more respect on that than you would within the big 12. And I, and I think also like not only, not only that, but with the expansion of the playoff getting in is going to be, you know, you can play your way in. All you have to be is 12th. So, you know, be what, you know, it would be a harder path, but you know, three losses could get, would get you in. Alabama's probably never, probably never going to miss the playoff again. Same with Ohio State. Like that would, those type of programs are are going to do very well. So, I don't know. I, I think OU like getting into the playoff every year. That's a reasonable, maybe not a reasonable re- expectation, but that is something like to, to strive for on a on a yearly basis. I would say, but one hundred percent. Yeah, but um, guys, do we have anything else to say? I think we've pretty much covered all we can on this one. Um. I get, but but here here's the thing too. It it is uh, it's Super Bowl week, Jameson. Did, did you know? Did you know that? Of have course. Been, have you been keeping up with the the, the Chargers? Oh. That's what we're asking Jameson. They could have been. Let me tell you something. Let's start start with it. They wouldn't have blown the third largest lead in NFL history. We would have destroyed hobbled Patrick Mahomes if he got a high ankle sprain versus us. Not like the Jaguars. Jaguars absolute trash. And I know I've done, talked about this in another episode. <laughs> But we would have beat hobbled Patrick Mahomes. I bet you we could have with a, one of the best pass rushing duo in the NFL. Um, but um, let's not get started on there. Uh, yeah, I'm J- Team yeah. Eagles. Team Eagles, baby. Go birds. But uh, yeah, yeah, Jameson, it, uh, that's the only important thing really happening this weekend uh, for, for all of us, I would say. But uh, I got to say, guys, yeah, it's the biggest Sunday in sports, you know, and if y'all are ready. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official oh, sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Bonuses. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern. Up 
or uh, okay, that's a weird script. It says update for Pacific. So 8 p.m. Uh, Central Time. If you're if you're in uh, a Central Time, you know whatever. We we don't even have DraftKings uh, to uh, see what the prop bet will be boosted. So look, let's let's go in talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. Got um, Jameson. You said you're pretty big on the Eagles. Uh, what why why do you like the birds here? Well, I mean, obviously, as you know, you podcast got to talk about Jalen Hurts. Um, I just. I think there's plenty of players on the Chiefs that um, are doing really well from OU, but at the same time, you got to kind of look at the quarterback position from OU and how everyone knows OU as being, you know, a quarterback factory. OU needs to get a quarterback winning a Super Bowl. So what needs to happen? And Jalen Hurts is the guy that I never thought would happen. I remember when Jalen Hurts was going through the draft, we were talking about him the second or third round, and could he be a franchise quarterback? I'm like, there are a lot of plays that he made at OU throwing the ball where he'd throw across his body, he'd make the wrong read. I'm like, I don't know if I'm really liking this. I don't think he can be that kind of guy. And the way the Eagles have played him, they take all of his weaknesses away. They play into his strengths, and they give him one of the best offensive lines in the NFL and then absolute studs at the um, wide receiver and tight end position. It's just making him look great. And this is their time. This is the Eagles' time. Patrick Mahomes will continue to do this for the rest of the years. Creed Humphrey, Orlando Brown, they'll get their rings. I, I Jalen Hurts, I don't feel like that window is as large. So I'm definitely going for the birds here. Um, and I guess what would be Kennedy Brooks on their practice squad maybe. Um, I, I should probably look up the list. I know that there's one. I think there's one more. Oh, you Lane got. Johnson. Lane Johnson. Of course it's Lane Johnson. Duh. I was just talking about how good their offensive line was. Yeah, no, the amount of suitors in the NFL, uh, or not just in the NFL, but in the Super Bowl seven. So you got Creed Orlando, um, uh, Blake Bell, and James Winchester. On, I guess is Kennedy Brooks even on their team anymore? Did they cut he's, him? Like he's on like a provisional squad or something. I okay, think. I don't even know if that even counts. If you get that. Brent Calcaterra, kind of. Oh, that is true. That is true. That he's he's been playing. So yeah, that works. Yeah, that works. That works. Um, but no, it's it's a really really cool to have Sooners in the Super Bowl. There were years I remember years where we'd have zero. Like that used to be the it used to be a big deal if there's one. So pretty cool for sure. Ty, your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Do you have any? Do you have any thoughts or feelings one way or the other? I do. I I have a bit of an OU connection that does not uh, specifically link to uh, our our current football program. Um, but the flyover, because we know I love flyovers, the flyover for the Super Bowl is a bit significant. So the the Navy will be doing it. They're celebrating 50 years of women in naval aviation. So big, big flyover. Uh, I think six, four to six jets, depending on some maintenance availability and stuff, all female air crews. And how that ties in to OU is... I wear my little Norman Naval Air Station uh, Zoomers uh, cap, as everyone knows if you watch the videos uh, every week. The OU airport used to be, as as we all know, during World War II, I was taken over by the Navy for training. One of the things that they trained there was uh, women in naval aviation. So obviously you can tell by 50 years, it was not uh, the specific milestone that is being celebrated at the Super Bowl. 
but women really started to get their start in naval aviation right here on OU's campus, uh, the North Campus or the, the airport, depending on what you know it as, depending on your time in. So interesting little historical tie-in uh, to, to remember you the, the flyover that you're seeing at this Super Bowl, where we will see many OU players playing on the field, uh, also can trace its roots if you follow the line far enough back right here to OU's campus as well. So kind of a neat little tidbit. I was, I was actually looking for a way to, to slip that in. So if you find that interesting, uh, if not, there's some really loud, really fast, really cool looking jets that are going to fly over and uh, maybe take care of any balloons that are released as well. <laughs> That's true. Just in case they wanted to send any, any back over. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that particular yeah, watch country. Out, watch out. That country blimp. Is that kind of, yeah? <laughs> hey, hey, who knows who's behind that? But um, yeah, you know that's what they were, That's why it was over. They just needed a, a way to watch the Super Bowl. But uh, anyways, uh, so I'm on. I'm on the Eagles though as well. And you know, before we move on, and I give you a little bit of instructions of how you can uh, take some of these bets. Uh, what's our favorite prop bet of all time for the Super Bowl? Oh, I, I, tails, tails, baby, and we continue to lose it for the past three years. Because it's been heads three years, but I'm going to continue to do it. You get like minus like 103 odds on that one for a true 50-50 thing. Like, come on. That oh, is well, just draft so King, fun. A DraftKings Sportsbook, it's plus 100 for tails and plus 100 oh, for heads. Oh, yeah. That's a deal. That's a deal, folks. Plus 100 for heads or tails. You're not, you're, they're, they're, they're stepping it up. They're doing, they're doing some good stuff here. Our, our friends at DraftKings. Uh, I love the over-under on the uh, national anthem. That's always a fun one. Gatorade one's not as fun because you're all tired. You know, you have work the next morning. You know, that you, you have to wait to the end of the year or uh, the end of the game. So that's that's a bit of a bummer. But Ty, any particular, you know, Super Bowl, you know, like props, any traditions you like? Are you, are you a, yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say the uh, time total. For the national anthem, like you said, I believe it is right at two thirty, is is the line, or whatever it is for this one. Uh, it's a country singer; they're known to go long. I guess traditionally, if you want to look at at uh, I guess historical records for it, they're all different singers and, and stuff, so not really anything to look at. Uh, I guess really probably the craziest one. I'm looking at DraftKings right now. There are some interesting ones. Uh, I've sort of I keep the DraftKings app downloaded personally. And this is not an ad read. This is just personally. It's kind of funny to look at uh, some of the, the the bets that'll get put out there, like any offensive lineman to score a reception touchdown as a massive payout and stuff like that, and just kind of keep familiar as well. So if even if you aren't somewhere where you can use DraftKings, you can still sign up, create an account with, with the promo code and uh, view what's going on and and stay familiar with with stuff so that Here's, did turn into a bit of an ad read if we're being honest but. oh yeah no we're still in the ad read folks this is oh, okay this is this is branded content you love to see it uh my favorite bet though this is the the funniest one the doink bet essentially uh um any field goal or extra point to hit an upright or a crossbar plus 450 I, I need a doink bet. If we had, if Brett Maher was in this game, I would, you know, I'd be hammering the doink bet, which just would be fun. Yeah, but of course, I'm, I'm looking at stuff. I'm looking up what the hell an octopus is. 
Will there be an octopus? Is plus fourteen hundred? <laughs> I'm, I'm really confused. Is that for the no halftime performance? I'm, I'm, I have no idea what this Does means. That mean I'm guessing something? it has something to do with like eight points, maybe. I don't. I, I can't even figure it out. Um, but if you know what an octopus is, plus fourteen hundred odds for yes. Oh uh, uh, wait, wait, wait! I think I is found it. it. Is it a touchdown and a two point conversion? That's too easy. People that can't be right. That That can't be right. I'm having to skim a whole thing because it will just tell you at the start. What is an octopus? It is a real thing. Um, An octopus is a real football stat invented in 2019 by uh, someone named Mitch, a writer for Sports Illustrated. It occurs when the same player who scores a touchdown also scores the immediately ensuing two-point conversion. So it is eight points, but it has to be, it would be like Jalen Hurts quarterback sneak touchdown, Jalen Hurts quarterback sneak two point conversion. I'm not sure. You might want to check and see, you know, could it be like Jalen Hurts run touchdown, Jalen Hurts passing two point? It can't be a pass. It has to be. It can't be a pass. Right. I was going to say, if it could be a pass, that's a great one. Potentially. It'd probably be like a Travis Kelsey is your best bet. Yeah. It's a good running back. Good tight end. Yeah, plus fourteen hundred for a Kelsey octopus. I I I like that. I don't I don't like that. I, I I think that's that's a pretty saucy bet right there, folks. So I kind of like that. Um, but yeah, Chris Stapleton. You know, maybe he goes long, maybe he goes short. We'll see. But look, if you liked any of those bets, oh god, <laughs> if you liked any of those bets, though, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code TPPN. New customers, as I mentioned, can bet. $5 on Super Bowl 57. Get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only drafting sports book with promo code TPPN. The minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right. That is all we have for the uh, for this episode of the Scooter Pod. I've enjoyed it. Um, Jameson, big weekend. Looking forward to hanging out with you and uh, should be a good time. So uh, how are you feeling? You can just say I'm getting married this weekend. It's not like it's hidden. It's yes, I will be now to complete our schooner pod trio as all married men. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm sure all of our listeners are, are heartbroken that all three uh, schooner pod. Uh, well, there's been the a market. couple listeners that are very upset that ties off the market. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> cut us yeah. off before I go too much. Uh, yeah, tie, tie, tie. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I didn't get to slip it in there earlier. Got terrible <laughs> phrasing to follow. Uh, We're not doing phrasing I did not, anymore. I did not get to mention it earlier, but I am also rooting for the Eagles in this one. There you go. Sweep for the birds. Sweep for the birds. Um, love to see it. Love to see it. I actually, I actually have a friend who's a big Eagles fan who just got "Go Birds" tattooed on the inside of the lip, which is. Quite a wild thing to do, but it's Philly. That's the most Philly thing I've seen in a while. But um, all right, guys, let's 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 call it a call it a show. Been a good been a good episode, and uh, yeah, use promo code TPPN in case I haven't mentioned that at all. All right, for me, Jameson and Ty, this has been the Schooner Pod. We will see you next time when we talk about something. Have a good one, everyone. Boomer sooner. Go Jalen Hurts. Go. Creed Humphrey, go James Winchester and the rest of them. <laughs>